You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about fundamental work. And I was recently asked a question on Instagram about how do you make fundamental work more fun? So today, we're going to dive into eight strategies that will hopefully help you and your gym to turn fundamentals into something your players look forward to doing. So it's an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is... The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 87 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Hope you guys are doing great. I myself am doing okay. Back up and running into the regular season for myself and my team. Um, If you are a new listener, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And you got about 86 episodes to get caught up on. And if you are a a regular listener, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I wholeheartedly appreciate it. And I'm excited to jump on and get another episode down and hopefully drop a little bit of knowledge, give you a little bit of insight, provide you with some value that you could take back to your gym and apply right away to hopefully help your team get that much better. And uh, today's question was brought to you by an Instagram follower, actually. So last week, I think it was, yeah, I think it was last week sometime, I, I had some, I had some free time. So I decided to go on my Instagram and post just, you know, anyone have any volleyball questions, I'd love to try to help you out and answer some. And first of all, thank you for everyone who reached out and asked me questions. I got over, I think it was over a hundred questions that was asked, uh, maybe even a couple hundred to be quite honest, because there were so many, and I, I really wish I could answer all of them, but I couldn't. So I could only a- answer, you know, a handful of them at that time. And if you didn't get your question answered, um, I, I wholeheartedly apologize, and I continue, you know, when when I do these things, I, I want you to continue uh, asking them, and hopefully I can get to them uh, sometime in, in in this journey. But uh, there were some great questions, and by the way, if you have are not following me on Instagram, or it might—I mean, I'm not trying to—it might actually help, to be quite honest, because I do post a lot of great content on my Instagram page, um, you know, with some tips and tricks uh, and certain things with volleyball related, and you know, occasionally I'll jump on my stories and answer questions and get to know my audience a bit more. Uh, it's it's nice because on my podcast I can't really do that. So if you are a listener of the podcast and you want to, you want a chance to, you know, see see what I'm all about, go look at my look, follow me on the grams. You know, uh, my Instagram handle is Brian Singh underscore Coach B. That's Brian Singh underscore Coach B. And yeah, you know, I, I I think I'm pretty active on Instagram. I you know if I most of the times when coaches reach out, I try to get back to them if I can. I, for the, for the most part, I'm okay. So you know, hit me up. Let me know what you think about the podcast episodes. Let me know if they resonated with you. If you have any questions on them, and I'd love to you know get to know you and try to see how I can help you out. Um, but yeah, so this question today was brought to you by Reflect underscore uh, in the moment. So Reflect in the moment. Um, there's a bunch of other underscores in there, but uh, I don't know if I got a chance to answer this on Instagram, so I'm going to answer this today on, on an entire episode because I think it's a great, great question. You know, I always stress fundamentals. 
We want to keep training the skills, working on the skills and skills. But the reality is, is when you're dealing with athletes, especially young athletes, working on fundamentals is kind of boring. You know, it's not, there's nothing great about it. You know, I always say, like, let's, like basketball, for example, when working on shooting, you know, you can work a lot of times on shooting and it may not get as boring because the result you can see right, the ball goes through the hoop. And that's a cool feeling when you shoot a ball through a basket. You know, it has a, it's just a little bit of a different look. And athletes generally, when you get it in, it's a, self, it's a sense of accomplishment. It's, wow, it's fantastic. Um, you know, hockey, shooting, when you shoot it into the net, that's great. It went into the net. It, it's fantastic. But volleyball, like when you're working on the, the skill of ball control or passing, like passing to a target, I, there's nothing really... You know, there's, there's no wow factor in passing to a target. You know, so it's, there, in, some, in certain cases, I can understand why fundamentals may be a bit boring or maybe tough to get your athletes engaged. But as we all know, they are extremely important and you can't shy away from it. You have to work on it. So I'm going to talk about eight strategies that you can use to try to, you know, make it more exciting. Make, make your athletes look forward to doing fundamental work. And by default, if they look forward to it, they're going to get better at it just, just by, uh, by, by enjoying the, the, the skill more, the habit of doing fundamental work. So when it comes to fundamental work, I, I want to start off by saying that, you know, it's like, like look, look, look at this way. I want you, I'm going to give you an analogy here. If we working out, you know, running, we all can agree running is a great thing. Okay, running is a great cardiovascular exercise, helps strengthen the heart, helps keep you in shape. It's overall good for your body. Okay, I think we got, we can all agree there. But running on a treadmill, that's not really fun. No one looks forward to running on a treadmill. In fact, many people will look at that as, as, as work and they may try to come up with excuses not to run on the treadmill. Now, you know that running on a treadmill is, is a great source of exercise. You know that the result of that treadmill work is going to be positive. It's going to be good, unless you have bad knees and you might have to look at other areas to, to get your uh, your cardio in. But generally speaking, when you come off that treadmill, yes, you may feel exhausted and tired, but you know you've accomplished something. You know that you've positively affected your body. You're getting healthier, right? There's a lot of, there's only good that comes out of that with the exception of being sore in certain cases and things like that. But going on a treadmill is not fun. But I'll tell you what is fun, playing basketball. Playing basketball is a lot more fun than going on a treadmill. And if you're playing basketball, especially full court basketball, what are you doing for the entire duration of the game? You are running back and forth. And in fact, you're doing other movements too. You're jumping, you're moving laterally, you're sprinting, you're doing so many different things on a basketball court. And that's fun, but it takes the same like the same level of energy that potentially running on a treadmill will take, but it's enjoyable. And why is that? It's because basketball is a game. And I know you've heard me talk about this on the pod before, but gamifying things is your answer to make anything fun, to make anything more rewarding and and have athletes look forward to it. So I'm going to give you, uh, let's, let's go with a very, very tough example in terms of making it fun. Hitting Hitting is fun. Hitting, like spiking a volleyball is fun. Serving can be fun. You know, those are things that I think are easier for you to create more of a fun gamification uh, thing out of that. Ball control and passing, not so fun. I understand that that might be a job, more like a chore to do. But how can we gamify ball control and passing? Now, in case you don't know what gamification is, 
I'm a big fan of gamification. And what gamification is, is simply turning whatever drill or whatever skill you're working on into a game, turning something into a game, whether it's a lesson, an activity, a a drill. I, I mean, a drill can be a game by default, but turning something into a game. So how do we do this? Well, let's talk about eight different ways we can do this. Now, the first one is something that you all have heard me say on this podcast many times, and that is simply to add a score for doing fundamental work. So passing, for example, their passing score will be their the quality of their pass. So if they get a zero, a one, a two, or a three, that is you're rating their ability to pass. A three, a three pass quality is a perfect pass. A two is a pretty good pass. A one is a poor pass. And a zero is an error or an overpass. That is how you can grade and give them a numerical value associated with their skill. Now, why is this good? And as many of you know, you've heard talked about this. When you are giving measurable feedback that is much more accurate than saying, really good job today. I, you, you improved. I saw a much better platform today. Like, well, what does that mean? But if you say you passed a 2.1 today, you passed a 1.7 today, that is a lot, that's more concrete. We can take that. We can uh, measure it. We can uh, keep it you know, on a spreadsheet or whatever. We can track and monitor as, as the season goes along to see them get better. It also provides them with some intrinsic motivation because they want to they want to be better. They want to improve their passing. And the extrinsic motivation is, you know, seeing all their friends improve their passing, try to beat their friends. It creates some competition amongst the players as well. So it's really good for a lot of different areas. One, it creates competition. Two, it helps with player development because players develop faster. Just like when you guys are trying to lose weight, for example, you use a scale to measure, you know, every time you step on the scale. And if you're losing weight, then you're accomplishing your goal. Well, same thing with passing. So I know I'm, I sound like a broken record and I apologize, but it's, it's a fundamental, it's a, it's, or rather it's a strategy that I think is very, very important. So I, I always want to reiterate that when I can. And even if you don't track uh, individual players, you can track teams. I, I know sometimes uh, coaches say, well, you know, I, I don't want to embarrass an athlete and I don't want to, you know, put them through that. Well, I have, I mean, I, I do have a strong opinion about it. I, I do believe that if you're in competitive sports, you're held accountable and it's not a surprise or rather it's not like a hidden thing if you're passing really bad that's just for you to know and for you to get better at and if your teammates know that they're supposed to support you and that's just what competitive sports is all about right when you get to the pro level college club there's stats that are kept that are public and they go on a website where everyone can see your stats so it's something that you shouldn't shy away from but you should learn to to embrace it and if you have a hard time with it come up with strategies to help you with that so i i do believe that you know stats are something that shouldn't be private it's something that everyone has to be held accountable for now if you don't want to do individual stats which i don't recommend by the way you can do team stats that way there you there's no telling who was the best passer and who was the poor passer so if you had two teams, for example, and you accumulated their overall averages, then that's a way of, again, scoring. You're scoring the fundamentals. You're scoring the drill or, or rather whatever passing or ball control work you're doing, but it's more of a team environment. And there's lots of different ways you can do this. You can do two, two separate teams, three separate teams, four separate teams, whatever teams you want, as long as they're doing whatever passing drill, but their score is being added to an average of that team. You could also do an entire team score, So for example, if you're doing a passing drill, you can say everybody in the gym has to accomplish a two before they get out of the drill. 
Or you can say everybody in the gym, we, we have to do like 10 perfect passes in a row before we get out of the drill. But you see what I'm, what, where I'm getting though is that it's being scored. There's a, there's a number associated with it, whether it's individual or team, we are all going and we're working on that. All right. Strategy number two, let's do some inner competition. Let's do some one-on-one, two-on-two. So uh, actual game. Now we're playing a game now. So a one-on-one, you could set up, if you have multiple antennas, you can set them, set them up across the net and you can do like one-on-one, but only using platforms so like volleyball, tennis, or volus as it's commonly known, just one-on-one bump back and forth using your platform and trying to score. And the only way you can get the ball over the net is by using your platform. So that's another way you can, again, work on ball control, work on passing, uh, two, two on two, three on three, whatever you want to do, split the net up into different sections and play your two on two or three on three or however you want to design it. And the players can only use their platform. So if you're doing two on two, um, you can do volleyball, tennis, back and forth. You can do, you're allowed two hits on each side only. You're allowed three hits on each side only. You know, you make up the rules as long as they're only able to use their platform. So now we're reinforcing the fundamentals as well as having them engage in competition, uh, team competition. Uh, So that's another way that you can improve the quality of ball control and passing by working on fundamentals through game. Uh, You could also do stuff like trying to hit targets. So strategy number three would be, you know, getting some targets involved now. So if we're working on ball control or passing for that matter, you know, you can do down ball, serve over the net and team has to hit a target. And when they hit a target, they get one point. So you can do individual work. You can have individual players try to hit a target to keep their individual score. You can do groups of two, groups of three, you can do whatever you want, or you can just do uh, two teams and you could have them, you could have them on both teams on one side of the court, or you can have one team on the other side of the court and the other team on the other side of the court and just coaches doing down balls. And that way they have to try to, you know, ball, have good ball control and hit it to a target. Every time they get that target, they get one point. Uh, and there's many ways you can have a physical target. You can have a, a person who, who's not allowed to move and the ball has to come right to them. There's a lots of different ways you can do this, but getting a target involved and just counting how many times they hit that target Perfect. That's how you can reinforce some ball control work in passing. The fourth strategy is have a series of balls being tosses and have all balls make their way to the end line. So here's, uh, let, let's say, how, how do I describe this? So you can, you can have teams at the end line, okay? And you can do uh, a series of balls that are being tossed over the net and they have to individually run after the ball, get that ball with good solid base and platform and get it back to the tosser or get it back to a target. So this is kind of like a modified uh, strategy of what I did before. But basically, um, the thing is all they all start at the end line. Everyone starts at the end line and they move individually and they cover more of the court. It's still a, it's still a game. It's still fun. You're still keeping score, but just in a different way. You're making them move a little bit more. Okay, so really nice. Um, and this is a this is a way to get them more active as well. Strategy number what do you have? Five, five. No, are we at five? Wait, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five. Relays. Re- I love relays. I'm a big fan of relays. So you can have all your players, two teams, three teams, whatever you want, um, and they start off on one side of the court. And if you're working on ball control, a really simple relay is they have to bump the ball all the way to the end of the gym and back without it touching the floor. 
And yes, they have to go under the net and keep the ball above the net as they go through. And then when they come back, they then give it to their teammate and the teammate has to go down and back. And then the first team that goes down and back wins. So there's a lot. And this is great because it doesn't matter if you're a middle setter or you know pin hitter. They all have to have ball control. So this is another way of focusing on ball control. And you can do this with serving. You can do this with so many other fundamentals. But again, it reinforces the fundamentals because think about it. If you're bumping down and back, how many times is the ball touching uh your your like your platform and it's multiple times and you're having fun doing it as well okay uh strategy number six tournaments i love running tournaments so tournaments over the course of a practice you can do a month you can do a season with a running score so however you want to set up your tournament it's it's a tournament within the team so if we're working on pot passing and ball control, you could set up one specific drill where they're all going to compete against each other. And if you let's say you want to do it in one practice, you could do like everyone competes each other and the top eight move on to the playoffs and then they have to battle it out with the first and eighth seed, the second and uh, seventh seed and so forth until you have a winner and then maybe they get a prize or they do something. So running like these little mini tournaments depend- and focusing specifically on whatever fundamental you're trying to work on, that will help reinforce it it would also it would also help them like when 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 they're competing and again it goes back to all my other strategies before too like when they're competing when they're having fun when they're trying to win something get a prize you know it just it just gives them that so much more motivation to really work and dial in on the fundamental because they want to win they want to be better and it creates that inner competition among the team too which i absolutely love by the way so doing that these tournaments and if you, you can do it over like a week you can do it over a month, um, if, especially ball control and passing. That's one of those things where it's a, it's a forever skill that you're working on. So maybe a month would be great because then, you know, if a player had a poor practice that one day, it's okay. They can still catch up as the tournament goes along in that particular month. So it gives it gives everyone a little bit of motivation, and you you may you may find that players will actually put more effort into working on their passing and ball control because they want to come back and try to win since they have an opportunity to still win the tournament, depending on how long you have it running for. All right, so strategy number six, strategy number seven, a um, little bit different, but um, I've talked about Kahoot in the past. Uh, I think many of you know what it is, but in case you don't know what Kahoot is, that's Kahoot K A H. OOT. Kahoot is an online like quiz. It's like an online um, act, like quiz where your players or, or users can, can sign in with their phones. They can just go on their phone, go to the website, and you can create a quiz where they can all participate in the quiz together and compete against each other. So to give you an example, if I was to create a quiz in Kahoot, I would create a quiz on all the fundamentals for passing. So you know, like wrist down, thumbs in, elbows straight, like whatever fundamentals you're trying to uh, implement and trying to teach, I would create a quiz about those fundamentals. And then all my, all the athletes would sign up for that quiz and then they would take it together. So I have like my, my computer, you can, do, you can do it online, you can do it in your gym. So they all have their phones, I have my computer, they all sign in and then go, question one. And question one comes up on the screen and whoever answers it correct and the fastest will get the most points. And at the end, at, at the end of each question, it shows the leaderboard of the top five players who are currently leading. And you can make as many questions as you want. And then at the end, you get your winner or your top three, and maybe they get a prize. So it's a fun little way to reinforce fundamental principles if you're trying to do that. And again, reinforces what they learn in practice. Now, it's not a physical demanding thing. They're not actually practicing it, but it's just to make sure they know what they're supposed to be looking for and things like that. All right. 
And the last one, strategy number eight, music. Yeah, music. That's simple. Just throw in some music, whatever the kids want to hear, whatever your athletes are interested in, throw it on while you're doing a passing drill. It will get them. I mean, it's. I'm not going to say it's going to make them. Actually, I, I I should say it probably will make them a little focused, uh, but it also could not at the same time. So you got to play with this one. But mo- music normally, it just creates a much better environment and a more enjoyable environment. And it, it, it's a nice way to, like, you know, people listen to music when they work out. People listen to music when they they just want to, you know, be in that good vibe, that good environment. And you can have motivational music, fast-paced music, whatever it is, whatever the kids want, and do it. And you'll find that that will help uplift the environment, the energy of the practice when you throw on some music, okay? So let's just recap real quickly here. Uh, we talked about, again, how do we make fundamental work fun? How do you make it fun? Well, simplest ways to gamify. And in this example, we talked strictly about ball control and passing because, you know, hitting and serving, those can those can be a lot funner Fun, is that a word? That those can be a lot more fun, easier. So in terms of gamifying, we talked about adding a score to the fundamentals. So like serving and passing, rating each player, okay, helps with their development. You can do you can do individual ratings, you can do team ratings, you can split them up into multiple different teams and give an average for the team. You can give an average for the your your entire team's average. Um, but I do recommend rating each individual player because it helps with their player development because now they can measure their feedback. They can measure their results, their performance. And that's also um, a crucial way to develop your players. You can do some, so that's strategy number one. Strategy number two, do some two-on-two, three-on-three, or one-on-one competition. So split your net up into multiple different sections with antennas and have them you know, go back and forth with some volleyball tennis or some volleys, or you could even modify to let the ball bounce once and then hit it over, whatever you want to do. But the key is, is they're only allowed to use the fundamental that you're working on. So if we're working on ball control and passing, then they can only use their forearm to get the ball back over. But also ball control and passing can be overhead as well. You can use your fingers. So maybe in another part of that game, now you can only use your overhead ball control, your fingers to get the ball over the net. So things like that, your hands, rather not your fingers, but your hands. Strategy number three, try hitting targets. So whatever passing ball control drill you want to do, throw in some targets and they get a point every time they hit a target. If it's a harder target, maybe they get two points. Um, And you can do this by simply down balling over the net, serving over the net, however you want to implement this, but have them try to now hit some targets and they get points for actually hitting that target. Uh, series of balls. So remember we talked about them being at the end line and having to move a little bit into the court. Now, again, it's fun because it's energetic. And again, this, this adds on to the other couple ones where you can give them points. You can try to let them hit targets, but it's a series of different types of balls coming at them. And they're all at the end line. Uh, relays strategy number five, relays, relays are fantastic because they, um, it, it again, it gives you that like team. No, no, it's not individual. It's team orientated. Uh, we talked about going down and back by just bumping all the way down, keeping the ball on your forearm and coming all the way back. And that will help reinforce some fundamental work in addition to having them have fun, compete, be with their teammates and so forth. Strategy number six, we talked about tournaments, tournaments over the course of a practice month, week, season, however you want to do this, but have a mini tournament in your gym, with your team, because um, athletes do love tournaments. I mean, in volleyball, we're all tournament-based for the most part anyways, unless you play for a league um, at the you know the college, high school, university. But when it comes to club, it is, it's all tournament-based. 
Um, strategy number seven, we talked about cahoots. Remember the online quiz where you can create an online quiz for them based on whatever fundamental principles you're working on, and they can take this online quiz together as a team and compete, have a lot of fun, and the way you win is by not only getting the answer correct, but answering it the fastest, which will give you more points, which at the end of the uh, quiz, you'll have a leaderboard with your top three. And the last one was music. Throw on some music. Music always brings a better vibe in practice. It, it helps bring up that energy and gives, gives the athletes a little bit of ext- external motivation there, uh, depending on what music you're listening to. All right? So those are my eight strategies to help make fundamental work more fun. And I, I tried to pick the toughest one, which is ball control and passing, because you know that, that generally isn't the funnest skill of, uh, of our game, but it's probably one of the most important skills of our game. So hopefully you can take this with you. And you can, you know, see how you implement it in your gym. And let me know. Reach out to me. You know, reach out to me on Instagram. Co- uh, Brian Singh underscore Coach B. And let me know if any of these things resonated with you and if it worked for you and so forth. Now, if you are a DVA member, you can head it, head on over to uh, Inside DVA, and you're going to get to see how I implement this in my gym uh, with a ton of the drills that we do and some of the games we play and things like that. And you'll you get a really good a good chance to see what, what how I've implemented some of these strategies into our gym. And if you're not a member of DVA um, and you, you, you want to be, but you don't know what it is, well, Digital Volleyball Academy is a signature is my signature membership where I get to basically welcome coaches all around the world and bring them into my gym. You know, jump on Zoom and do Q&A twice a month with some live training. Get them to have access to my courses, all the stuff that I've created, uh, access to behind the scenes to our gym to see what our practices look like, what our games look like, what our film sessions look like. I'm an open book and I really want to help our coaches grow and and become better, be more confident, win more games, and really affect the lives of their athletes. So if you're a coach and you're you're at this alone and you'd like some help, I'd love to help you out. Head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and sign up for that wait list. And as soon as doors open, I will definitely let you know so you can join my movement, which I call Digital Volleyball Academy. And like I said, it's tough to go at this alone. You know, when I was a young coach, I went at it alone and I definitely it definitely hurt my growth until I found a mentor. So hopefully I can be that for you and I can help fast track your growth as a coach as well. All right, that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. I will see you guys next week. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.